Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Welcome back, Dev. What up, girly? How's Lent treating you? Let's just jump right oh my into gosh. it. Um, Did you give anything up? I did not give up anything. And I was thinking about that earlier today when I was looking through Twitter and reading all the feeds and letting the and and just the anger that was boiling up inside of me and I thought I need to just delete this app off my phone Mm. during Lent so I might do that tonight and you know what since you just asked me about it I'm gonna do that because yeah that was like your little sign yeah I think it was a sign what about you what about Lent for you anything going on so, uh, Chaplain Hammond, has, as our listeners know, he was a guest on the podcast. He had listened to one of our episodes where we talked about what we would give up mm. if we were to partake. And I immediately said cussing and then followed that up immediately with, no, I can't do that. Like, I cuss way too much. <laughs> so, Devin, I love it. He, you know your limitations. And so, <laughs> the funny thing is, he sent me an, an email the next day. And he basically said, one of my pastors or priests had mentioned, you know, when thinking about giving something up, the first thing that pops to your head, maybe that's what God is laying on your shoulders. So maybe you should reconsider it. He's like, just pray about it. Think about it, you know. And I did. And I emailed him back. um, I don't know if it was the next day or whatever. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to give up cussing. Hmm. Now. Have I succeeded? <laughs> Absolutely not. I need some kind of like <laughs> like a, a cuss jar to hold myself accountable. <laughs> um, it's so bad that I feel like I just an everyday conversation, I'm cussing and then I'm like, oh, shoot, if you will. I just cuss. There's some challenge to that because um, we talked a couple weeks ago in our podcast about rules and relationships about how rules don't transform people. And I don't know, maybe the challenge is to maybe say a simple prayer, like, and I don't know, I'm not saying like treat God like a magic genie, but like, God, would you just fill me with so much love and gratitude and contentment for my day that whatever, you know, whatever I speak, let it be good, let it be wholesome. Because there is, I I mean, we can hope for miracles during Lent too, Devin, but it's, there's a scripture that says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So maybe it's a heart change first and then the mouth changes. I I don't know, but I'm kind of viewing it as what am I willing to sacrifice for Jesus's love Mm. um, in this designated time? Because Julie... It's definitely not something I'm going to be able to do post-Easter. You never know, Deb. Post-Easter. You never know. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm doing my best. I'm trying. Once I, if I cuss, I kind of just like, oh, I need to kind of reset and try to really think about what I'm going to say next. But that's all you can do. I, I just want to say to you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. So that's, <laughs> I'm going to absolve you of any guilt right now. Um, with the And shout out to Sir for... Uh, encouraging yes. me to Chaplain to Hammond, that. appreciate Daniel so much. I can call him Daniel. You can't. Yes, I cannot. Yes, <laughs> I, I so love him listening and weighing in on our conversations. And a shout out to everyone that's joined yeah. us on this journey. It's just been 
It's just been, I don't know. It's cool. It is. And we have our own little community, and I love I it. I do, too. I do, too. So, yeah, we're heading into Easter, full steam ahead. Um, and probably the closer we get to Easter, Devin, maybe we can focus a little bit more on Christ's uh, journey towards the cross. But today, you said earlier, before we ever mm-hmm. hit record, that this is like one of your... I don't know. What did you, not your favorite pieces of scripture, but one of your favorite stories? Yeah, I think it's one of the coolest. Um, when you really break it down, there's so many layers to this story and so many different ways that you can look at this piece of scripture um, and take kind of what you need from it. So I know that uh, in Bible study last week when we were talking, I, I shared with you how, I mean, I'm really familiar with this story. I've heard it ever since I was a little girl. And in our Bible study, I'd shared with you like two or three things that I had never really considered. And I think that's the idea with the text too, is that if someone ever says to you, Devin, I just read, you know, Matthew chapter 14, and this is exactly what God meant in scripture, then I'm going to tell you to run and run fast. <laughs> fast. Because <laughs> it's so multifaceted, multi-layered, and Unless Jesus himself issued me a Word document, and it, and in the Word document it said, hey, this is what I want you to understand from this story exactly, mm-hmm. you know? But no, there's there's just so many, like I said, facets and different sides and just layers to this story, and I'm going to share some of my thoughts on it. You will too, but let's yes. jump right in. Do you want to? For lack of better words, jump, jump. right in, make a splash <laughs> into the water. That Jesus walks on. Yeah, we're going to talk about Peter, too, walking on the water. Yeah, that guy. That guy. I love to see it. That guy. Hey, Devin, you know, if someone were were just like listening to this and and we said, we just mentioned Peter, what would you tell someone if they were, if someone said to you, Devin, why were you just making kind of comments like on him? What's the deal with Peter? Listen, I dig Peter for what I know of him him so far in my journey of, of learning, but, um, he was one of Jesus' besties. Right. Correct. Yes. Yes. Here's, here's the kicker about Peter. He denied knowing Jesus Mm. three times. Yeah. When we get to the, yeah. When we get to the, the final days of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Three times. And that's to me, that's disloyalty and we won't get into all that, but that's like, you're donezo to Mm. me. And that's why I'm not Jesus. (laughs) He's a bit impetuous. He's um, impulsive. I don't even know if impetuous is the right word, but impulsive. He's a reactionary. He'd be, he, you know, like in grade school, he'd be the kid that always had his hand up. He'd always want to be the lion leader. If you were in a dodgeball tournament, he'd be the last guy standing, right? There was just something. Okay. He was real spunky. There was a spunkiness, uh-huh. but there was also kind of a recklessness to him. And yet Jesus uh, later will say, you know, Peter, you're my rock. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to build my church on you. You're going to be the guy. So I don't know. I love Peter. He's, as my sister Jody would say, he's a rascal. A rascal. rascal. I can hear her saying that right now. (laughs) So yeah, let's take a look at Peter and the rest of the guys are in a boat here in Matthew chapter 14. So why don't you read through the text and then we'll just kind of riff on the story a little bit. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Okay, wait, stop. I'm going to wait. I'm going to do something that I I always do this in Bible study and Devin and the rest of the girls, Lauren, they always get mad at me. They'll read one (laughs) sentence and I'll go stop. Okay, stop. 
because we got to know what just happened. He says immediately mm-hmm. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and, and go to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. If you look back, uh, the previous section of scripture is all about Jesus feeding the 5,000 men. Plus. Right. 5,000 plus. So this was a huge miracle. We're, we're estimating well over 20,000 individuals packed onto a hillside or in some kind of meadow and and listen to Jesus. And then he goes on to feed them with just five loaves of bread and two fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's after this miracle that Jesus sends them away. Okay. I'm done cutting you off, Devin. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Okay, let me uh, let me describe a little bit about what's going on there. So, mm-hmm. long story short, um, Jesus, I think, is exhausted. He had been teaching all day, probably for multiple days. He had just performed the miracle of, of the feeding of the 20,000, and he's tired. And this is what I love about Jesus. Like, what was his go-to when he was exhausted? He was an introvert. I love it. <laughs> he was like, y'all go get in that boat. I'm going to need some time to myself. What Enneagram, I wonder, Jesus is. I don't know. You know, I'm... All of them. <laughs> He's a perfect mix of every one of them, yes. I think Jesus is probably 50-50 extrovert and introvert, too. Yeah. But I love yeah. it. Like He's like, I need some time alone to go be with Dad. I need to go talk to the Father. I need to just go pray. And I love that boundary that he kind of has established. Come on. uh, Because he's very human, right? Saying, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I just need some time alone. You guys go. We'll catch up. Go on without me. Yeah, exactly. So I think Jesus establishes a nice little pattern for us. And if you are feeling like you've gone through a difficult time, or maybe you are exhausted, there is nothing wrong with setting that time for yourself, just as Jesus Mm -hmm. did. And maybe just to even sit quietly. You know, and just take time to to replenish your soul. So, man, I dig Jesus there. Yeah, yeah. same. All right. And it says here, too, that the I, you use the word buffeted, that the, the boat mm-hmm. was buffeted by the waves. It's, it's um, really interesting in that that word in the original Greek was literally translated as tormented. So it gives you an oh, idea wow. of, like, how aggressive the storm was, that they were finding themselves in that as we read that if it said uh, as the boat was already considerable distance from land it was tormented by the waves so this was a bad storm and you made a good point in bible study the other day you said the men that were on this boat they're fishermen like this is not their first time out no not their first yes and they weren't all fishermen but you had at least three who were very seasoned fishermen yeah okay yeah so you were saying they would have known how to handle, you know, your typical of course storm. Yeah, of course. But this was something times a hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. It was no pun intended. It was rocking their world. It sure was. Yeah, whatever instincts they had, or whatever even skills they had as fishermen. I mean, they were using everything that they had, and obviously, mm-hmm. it as we're about to find out, it, it just wasn't working for them. Man, it sounds like us, doesn't it? As, as we come into a storm of life, we use everything that we know of, everything that we have. Our resources. 
to try to handle the storm, but sometimes it is out of your control. That's right. Yeah. Let's see what else happens, Dev. So shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. I kind of highlighted this in my Bible, in fear part, and next to it. So it's funny that we just said that. I put lack of control equals fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Yeah, look at the third word there. Third word. It. (laughs) Immediately. But Jesus immediately... (laughs) Folks, we're going to have a math lesson here in just a moment. Well, here's the thing. I was taking the red letters, <laughs> take courage, you know, yeah. the big, the big I hear hitter. You. Yes, you and were. you wanted me you to go were. back. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, Jesus wastes no time. Immediately, he says, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Yeah. I want you to notice something here. That Jesus's response is really unlike what the church's response would be today. What do you mean? Well... If you were sharing a situation with someone and you were talking about how afraid you were and you were questioning where God was, you, you had said you had been fighting so hard and you, you were full of all this doubt, how often have we heard people say, well, if you just had enough faith? Oh, yeah. If you would have, if you would have just prayed harder, yeah. you know, um, if you, if you would have fed just a few more people back there on the hillside, guys, then... Yeah. Things would have shaken out differently. Yeah. they, You know, the storm must have come because mm. you guys did something wrong back there. And here we have Jesus who's not saying, you guys are terrible believers in me. Instead, he says, don't be afraid. Yeah. That's comforting. It really is. And isn't it said, uh, and this might be cliche, but isn't it said that it says, do not be afraid 365 you know, times in the Bible. I'm glad you asked me that. Is that for real, is that Devin? True. Well, I th- fact check me. I think that that is a bit of an embellishment. Sure. Um, I, I Googled that. I haven't actually read through all the scripture to see if it's 365 times. You mean you haven't counted it yourself? I have not done that. <laughs> but regardless, I think it is something that when we look at the words of Jesus, he says that a lot. I don't know that mm. Jesus says it 365 times, and I don't know if it's in the whole of scripture. 365 times but i can tell you if you look through matthew mark luke and john and the gospels jesus has a habit of saying to people Hmm. don't be afraid take heart i got you he's a he's a jesus of reassurance Mm -hmm. and not a jesus Mm -hmm. of um pointing fingers and telling people how how lacking in their faith they are and i think that's so countercultural, not just to what we see today, but to what the disciples would have experienced too, with the Pharisees and the and the religious individuals of their day. Even to go on here, Peter says, "Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water." So he's even saying, "Like, well, I got to make sure yeah. <laughs> that it's you, Jesus." <laughs> They're still baffled, I think. First of all, by the response, and secondly, I don't think they can see anything. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's in the middle of the night. Most theologians agree that this took place about three in the morning. So we're talking about a darkness unlike anything. They had to be tired, right? So there's, and, and the waves are coming. The storm is, is yeah. and if the boat is being tormented, then they're being tormented inside. They can't see for anything. And they hear a voice yeah. calling out to them. 
So I think wanting that reassurance, like Peter, Lord, if it's you, mm. of course they would be asking for that. Especially when they're afraid. Yeah, and, and, and here we have Jesus replying, what the hell do you mean if it's me? <laughs> no, he doesn't say that. No, never. He wouldn't. Jesus would never. He doesn't condescend to that kind of shameful talk. No. He said one word. Come. Come. He said. Mm -hmm. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Oh, you know what I love about that, by the way, Tell is um, I did a little background on that. And some, again, I'll refer to theologians, um, believe that, that that expression, little faith, is like a mm-hmm. nickname. It's like... Oh, that he's had for Peter? Or, or just like, if you and I are talking, Devin, and, uh-huh. and you, let's say you're like, oh, Julie, I'm so sorry that I blah, 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 blah. And I'd go, oh, silly girl. Okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah, like, you silly thing. Oh, you little face. Yes. It's that same hey, idea. Come on, little face. That's it. It's it's mm. not just that it's cute. It's that it's this term of... En- encouraging. Yeah, it's like endear- a term of endearment, right? Yes. Mm. And so if I were to say, oh, you silly girl. I mean, immediately I hope that you have the feeling like, oh, well, Julie, she gets it. Like, she understands. Yes. And yeah. what if Jesus did say it like that? Oh, little faith. Why'd you doubt? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just a neat little twist. Not saying that I don't know how accurate that is. I but really like yeah, that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I really like yeah. that. So what happened next there, Dev? So when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I want to not sell the disciples short here, because... They just got done watching Jesus feed 20,000 individuals with what I say is like a happy meal. So I would think that after that, they would be like, he really is kind of got some son of God qualities. But apparently this must have really sealed the deal for them. And so, Mm. yes, they end up worshiping him in the boat after the wind died down and the storm had subsided. So it's just a beat. What do you love about that story, Devin? There's a couple things. So number one, just pulling my Bible back out here. The time that Peter got out of the boat and he started walking on the water like the G that he is in his great faith. Wait, time out. What do you mean like the G? What what does that mean? (laughs) Like the gangster that he is. Oh, okay. I really didn't know. I'm 50, (laughs) soon to be 56. Wait. Yeah, soon to be 56. (laughs) I didn't know what the G was. Okay. 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 So when he's out doing his thing, you know, having that connection with Jesus, mm-hmm. he's walking on water. It says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Mm. So when the moment you take your eyes off of Jesus and you start looking at all the distractions around you, that is when you start to sink. Yeah. But the minute that you lock eyes back up with him or you take the hand that he is reaching out and extending to you. Yeah. That is when he got the peace. Yeah. That is when Peter could walk on water. Think about how many of us could walk on water if we kept our eyes on the prize wow. and what really mattered. Yeah. I don't know. It's just super cool. Okay. So that was, I give you a 10 on that observation. Okay. On a scale of one to Thank 10, that's a 10. So 
I take it. See, see what you can do. Wow me with another one. Give me another one. Okay, so the next part about this was in the clip of in The Chosen mm, yeah. that Julie's going to post on Facebook. Yeah. So it's a little ad lib, but it also just kind of hones in on the point here. So you see in the clip Peter saying, don't let me go. Mm. And this was the moment that he was pulled back up out of the water. So he was just feeling this comfort of, I can't do this without you. Don't ever let me go. Don't let me go. And in the scene, Jesus says, I have much planned for you, including hard things. Mm. Just keep your eyes on me, I promise. Mm-hmm. So that kind of ties into my first point. Right. So make sure you add that to the rating scale. Okay, very good. Yeah. But then in the chosen clip, it also says that Jesus is stating, I let people go hungry, but I feed them. Mm. To me, this is saying, you know, Jesus saw this storm coming. Mm-hmm. He did. Jesus was up on the mountainside. He and he saw his boys out there just getting thrown around, tossed around sure in did. this boat. Yep. He knew that they were scared. He knew that they were uncomfortable. And he let it happen. Yeah. So sometimes maybe you have to walk through the storm. Sometimes maybe you have to go through the storm to be fed. Yeah. And Jesus, like, is seeing it. He, he's, he's not far off. Like, right? He's, he's close. But there's something about being in the storm that you have to experience. I totally agree with you, Devin, because he made them work out in that water, mm. right? He yep. made them battle. He made them fight. He made them face the trial. He made them so uncomfortable oh. that there was going to be growth there. Oh, I just got goosebumps. That was really good. And here's the thing. That was really good. I'm going to drop a little uh, basketball IQ okay. on you. All right. The great Steve Nash, point guard people, mm-hmm. have your kids watch film of Steve Nash and his passes. He has a famous quote, and it says, basically, you know, if you want to be great at something, you need to become comfortable being uncomfortable then that's where the growth happens yes, totally so if you're in that midst of that storm just know it's going to be okay but there may be something that you need out of this storm. i totally agree and it's not and you're not going through the storm because of a lack of faith it could be your faith is the reason why you're going through the storm and what i mean and gets you out of the storm yeah and here's why i say that though Devin, is because faith faith in and of itself is not very much Faith is all about the person you have faith in. And so you're like, I know I can go through the storm because Jesus has my back. Yeah, for sure. Right? He's the one that I have faith in. No, I don't have faith in the circumstances around me, but I have faith that Jesus will not leave me alone in the middle of this. I remember going with Jen, my friend Jennifer, who battled rare cervical cancer. I remember going up to Ohio State with her for her to visit her oncologist. And uh, my friend Kendra was with me, and uh, she and I had both worked at Children's Services with Jen. That's how we all became such good friends. I moved on to work for Ohio State, where I'm an office associate, glorified secretary, so to speak. And Kendra is a caseworker. So, and, and here's the reason why I'm saying all that. So we take Jen up for her oncology appointment. And I'll never forget, the guy's name was Dr. O'Malley. A very good Irish name, right? Yeah. Dr. O'Malley. And so um, we dropped Jen off and she went back in for her appointment. And in the lobby, they had like bios of all the doctors that were there. 
And so Kendra and I were reading Dr. O'Malley's bio. Sounds like, I think he was, wasn't Dr. O'Malley? He was in Great Anatomy. It was a different Dr. O'Malley. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Different, different guy. And we were like reading his credentials and the studies he had been in and how he graduated from Yale Medical School. And I looked at Kendra and I'm like, I'm just a lowly secretary. And she goes, I'm just a lowly caseworker. And we're like, this guy is a freaking rock star of oncologists, like the best mm-hmm. of the best. Jen comes out of her appointment and we started teasing her. We're like, oh boy, you got, you know, like you have like the biggest badass for an oncologist. Like, right. He's out here, you know, we see that he's got this poster touting his, you know, his incredible abilities. And she was like, damn right, I've got the best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. And she uh-huh. told us over and over again, I totally trust him. All my faith is in this doctor. Ooh. And see, her faith was in the fact that she knew that the one who was treating her had the hoo-ha. I don't even know what word yeah. to back it up. Yeah, the moxie. He had that. Oh, I love that word. He had the moxie to back it up. And mm. that's what I love about Jesus, okay? And I've never thought yeah. about Jesus having moxie. But, okay, Jesus has the credentials. He's got the yeah. background. He's got the moxie. He's, he's mm. experienced what I've experienced, the feelings that I've had. There's nothing that's new to him under the sun. Of course I can trust him. I have absolute faith in him. Yeah. He can back it up. Dang right. That's my Jesus. That's some good news, Jesus, right there. And so that's what I love is that my faith is in one who has the ability to back up his words with actions and a love that's just incomparable. 10 out of 10. Julie. You like that 10 one? 10 out of 10. Thank you. <laughs> I like that one too. What else you got? You said you had, I thought you said you had three observations. I'm, I'm wanting another one. Here's my third. Okay, let's do Third it. and final. <clears throat> and I'm going to steal this from your daughter, Taylor. Oh, okay. So, so T, appreciate you. Shout out to Taylor. Yeah. She said, it's not about what you see but hearing and recognizing his voice. Yeah. So flashback to scripture. They couldn't see anything. It was right. pitch black. Waves are going everywhere. You're rocking up and down. You see some sort of something in the distance yeah. talking to you. But they heard Jesus' voice. And they followed that. Just like a shepherd and a sheep. Yeah, that comes from John chapter 10, Devin, where Jesus talks about being the good shepherd and I love it because he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Like they know my voice when they hear it. Mm. And Taylor even gave that example. Do you remember what she said about her, um, about her father-in-law? father-in-law? Yeah. She said that there was one day they were out at the farm and uh, her father-in-law's farm and she was trying to call the cattle in and couldn't get them to come in. And then the moment that her father-in-law stepped out and did some sort of crazy noise, here, here they come running. Yeah. Like they knew his voice. Yeah, the cattle did. And followed his voice. Right. And I think they did the same thing with the sheep too. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Just keep that in mind when, you know, we talked about this the other week, how Satan is going to do everything that he can. He's going to test. He's going to throw temptations at you. He's going to try to get you off course. In life, like if there's something that's, that's pulling at you or tugging at you or it's at your heart, Step into it. Step out of the boat. Step onto the water. Keep your eyes on Jesus 
and go to him. Yeah. Keep following what's placed on your heart. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. I think this is not only something that you listen for, you hear Jesus, but he's also calling you to act on it like Peter did. I want to tie a little Old Testament to what you just said, Devin, about listening for for God's voice. You know, when the disciples were out there in the boat, I mean, they could have heard, let's imagine what they were hearing. I imagine they were hearing the screams of the other guys in the boat, first and foremost, people yelling out orders or whatever. Yeah. They heard the wind. Uh, they mm. heard probably thunder and, and the rain. I mean, it was just chaos in the middle in the middle of, of the Sea of Galilee. So there were so many competing voices. And yet there was something about Jesus in the midst of the storm that stood out. Ooh, that's good. Right, when they heard his voice. And so I was thinking about Elijah. For those of you that don't know, Elijah was an Old Testament prophet. And there's a great story about, and I won't get into the history of it, but Elijah was a prophet who was on the run. All the other prophets that he had known in Israel at that time had been killed. And Elijah was on the run. He was afraid for his life. And he was questioning God, like, where are you? And um, kind of issuing a challenge, like make yourself known. And, you know, and and he's kind of touting himself. I'm here. I am. I'm the only prophet left. Kind of like, what are you going to do for me? And and God says, you know, just hold on. I'm going to I'm going to make myself known to you. Yeah. And so if if you remember Devin, he sends like a mighty wind. But mm-hmm. God wasn't in the wind. And, and he mm-hmm. sent like I think there was an earthquake, so there would have been falling rocks and and total again the word chaos comes to mind, but God wasn't in those big movements. And instead, he heard a whisper. God mm-hmm. was in the whisper. Man, I love that. Right. So I think for us, the challenge is not to be overcome by the the torment of the storm. You're going to hear competing voices your entire life. You're going to hear competing noises, uh, competing opinions. Yes. All the time. <laughs> Comparison. Yes. And the challenge then, Devin, mm. is to hear God through all of the storminess, all of the craziness, and hear what it is that he wants to say to you. And all too often, I don't think, I don't think God's going to make himself known in something that's big and huge. Yeah. But perhaps you'll just hear him in the whisper. Yeah, I definitely struggled with that. I think that's one of the first scripture that you and I looked at, honestly, when we started Bible study. Because I have been, I don't know if it was, if it's society that kind of taught me this, but I've been looking for this big sign yes. and I need this, I need direction. Yeah. And I need, you know, I was looking for it, looking for it. And you showed me the scripture and it's not about signs. I don't think Jesus is about that. And no, and not necessarily. I, you know, can Jesus send a sign? Of course, of sure. course he could. Sure, 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 sure. But you know what? Here's what's crazy is the, the guys that were on the boat and, and the disciples here in, in the midst of this storm, they perhaps, what if they said, this is a sign that the storm is a sign that we're not supposed to be in the boat on the water but it couldn't have been a sign because as we look back at scripture, who told him to get on the boat anyways? Jesus. Did. Yeah. And so sometimes, my friends, being obedient to whatever God is calling you to is a real, it's a, it's a fabulous thing if you can be obedient to him. But that doesn't mean you're not going to encounter storms. Exactly. Right. And so this is where the faith in the one who has called you comes in. Yeah. And to clarify on that, 
when I say I don't think Jesus is about that, I don't think he's about the flashy. I totally agree. I think he's about the whisper. Yeah, I don't think Jesus would be wearing a shirt that says OG, right? <laughs> Original gangsta? No, I don't think that's Jesus' style. I really yeah. don't. I think uh, so if you're caught up in that kind of mindset, just sometimes I think you have to settle yourself and, and just I don't know, be still. Yeah. And just listen for the for the, the next step. And Devin, I don't know if you know this, but I mean, you just quoted um, a scripture from, I can't remember what Psalm it is, but it's simply be still and know that I am God. Yeah. Be still. My wife's favorite scripture. Is it really? Uh-huh. See? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. We've kind of come full circle. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, that's all I got. That's Julie. all you that got? Three. I'll tell you what, folks, weigh in. Uh, let us know how you would rate Devin's observations on this amazing story. But as you guys can see, we, we, we've got so, like we said at the beginning, so many different layers, so many different observations from this story. And you may read it tomorrow and say, you know what, guys, um, this is what I see. This is what I think God is telling me through this story. So we'd love to hear from you and what your thoughts are. Absolutely. And like I said earlier, and like I say every week, uh, check out the Facebook page and be sure to watch this clip. It is a longer one on The Chosen. I think it's about like seven, eight minutes maybe, um, but worth the time, worth the visual representation. Um, and I think you could really just capture the emotion and the feeling by, by checking that out. Also, if you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And just a little housekeeping here. I will be gone for Army Drill this coming weekend. You may get a little uh, surprise episode or awesome episode from Julie herself doing a devotion while I'm gone. And I think and I know that you're going to find great comfort in listening to her soothing voice (laughs) and what she has to say so um we won't skip a beat well we might julie's still deciding Uh, yeah she's an enneagram six i know and i really have to think these (laughs) things through i don't i don't make quick decisions folks so I'll, i'll analyze this from every perspective and go from there perfect so we'll all find out together if we have an episode next and Devin, week. I don't say this lightly. Thank you so much for your service. I know this is not something you have to do. It's something that you chose to do. And I major props to you. I just, I just can't thank you enough for what you do. Thank you for your support, Julie. That means a lot. Um, but just a quick snippet. There's people out there who have deployed and done all the, all the things. So all the respect to them. And not only the service member, but the service members' families. Oh, yes. Who absolutely. also sacrifice so much. So oh, goodness. I appreciate your sentiment, and I'm just spreading that that love to all of my brothers and sisters. Sure thing. Absolutely, Dev. So on behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it, may we seek it, may we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends. <laughs> <laughs>